Well, good morning. <laughs> this is a very exciting experience for me this morning. Uh, this is the first time that I have spoken at a church I have never attended before. Um, so there are a lot of exciting and nervous feelings with that. Um, but it is a joy to be here, and uh, it is a joy to be welcomed by all of you this morning. So as Adam mentioned, I have known him since I was about in fourth or fifth grade. And he baptized me because I thought it'd be super cool when I got baptized in fifth grade to have the person who was going to be my youth pastor for the next couple years baptize me. And while I was in youth group, he taught me a lot of things, yet I only remember one lesson. <laughs> and the lesson involved a piece of duct tape and cardboard. <laughs> you can ask Adam and I about that later. <laughs> I am also this morning bringing greetings from Camp Swatara, where I've spent my summer since about mid-May. Um, on the program staff team there as the staff care and nurture leader, and I have been working with the counselors to make sure they're taken care of and supported as they um, take care of the campers that come in. And it has been such a joy to do that this summer and to be at camp. And as Adam also said, some of the staff are here today. Um, and as they will tell you, we spend all of our time with kids during the summer. So we do a lot of interactive things with them. And the mindset that I had while writing this was a very interactive mindset of how do I get kids engaged? How do I talk to them? So be prepared. There might be a bit of an interactive part later in the message. And as most of the staff here would tell you, I've been thinking about writing this sermon for weeks now. I've been talking about how I need to write this. But... Uh, up until last weekend, I hadn't actually started writing anything down. I've had my scripture picked out for a month and a half, and I've been thinking about writing it, and I've had a lot of ideas and thoughts in my head, but I waited until a week ago to actually sit down and start writing things. And the closer I got to today, the more I was also wondering why on earth I picked this scripture. This is such a hefty scripture passage, and there are so many things that I can talk about. But I can't cover all of it today. And I was tempted to email Adam and change my scripture. But then the day I was thinking about emailing him, I got an email with the order of worship from Adam. And I figured it was probably a little too late to change it. <laughs> and I had also already been thinking about it. So I had a lot of thoughts already in my mind. Now my inspiration for this sermon comes from a few different places. It first comes from a question my mom asked me about two months ago. She asked what first century church I would want to pastor. And of course, there's so many options. There's the seven churches in Revelation. There's many churches earlier in the New Testament that have whole books of their letters. And so my mind's going in so many different directions at that point to figure out what church I would want to pastor. Do I want to pastor the one that I think needs the most guidance? Do I want to pastor the one that's doing really, really great work? Or do I want to pastor the one that's in the coolest location? There were so many things to decide about and so many churches to pick from, yet I kept coming back to the church in Laodicea. Last summer, I went on a trip to Turkey and Greece, and we visited a lot of the churches, and Laodicea was the one that stuck with me of all the churches we visited. And each time we would visit a church, we would read the letter to that church, and it was always very surreal, but Laodicea was the most impactful of when we read the letter when I was standing there. And I can't quite place my finger on why it was the most impactful, but it has just stuck with me for a year now. So that's basically how I landed on Laodicea being the first century church that I want to pastor. I can't get it out of my head, and there has to be a reason for that. So before I get too far into my message, I want to set the stage of Laodicea a bit. So on the screen right now, there's a picture of Turkey. Um, if you go back one slide... 
there's a picture of Turkey here, and um, up in the top left corner is Europe, and then the rest of it is Asia. So Turkey is in two different continents, and Istanbul is the only city in the world that is in two continents. There's a lot of countries in two continents, but I think it's super cool that Istanbul is also, the city is in two continents. So Laodicea there is circled on the map, um, and so it's in the very dry, hot part of uh, Turkey. So most of the days there, it is very hot in the 90s, um, and no humidity, which is wonderful. And it's very dry there. They have about three days a year where it rains. Um, so then the next picture is uh, the path coming into the city. So when I took this picture, um, I was standing in the city looking towards the entrance. So you can see the stones there. Um, some of them were, would have been original stones that were there in the first century, and some of them have been placed there um, to give it more of like the authentic feeling of what it was like. Um, and then the next picture is, this is one of the theaters uh, in Laodicea, and the theaters were super cool to me. They're just so grand and large, um, and this is one of them that has been reconstructed. Um, so probably the majority of what you see there isn't original uh, because they have dug stuff out and they've pieced parts together, but then they've had to fill in the gaps where rocks have broken or they've disintegrated over the thousands of years. Um, and then the next picture is a theater that... Uh, you can sort of see where like the theater's in the hill, but it's not one that has been um, reconstructed yet. So that's what it would look like typically when they first get to it. And then the next picture is the inside of a house. Um, this house is a little special. It's thought to have been the house church um, where the church that John was writing to would have been worshiping. And then the next picture is just a room in uh, the house there. And you can flip to the next slide where we zoom in a good bit on that picture, and if you can see um, pretty far in the background, there's a lot of super tall, like, spiny things coming up. Um, that is the temple of the imperial cult, uh, which is super close to this house church, um, and that comes into play a little bit later in my sermon. And I think I have one more picture. Yep, this is just another room in that uh, house. There were probably about five rooms off of the main room. Um, so now transitioning into the main part of my message. We know that John and others in the Bible would often write using analogies or stories that people who they were writing to would directly relate to. And at the beginning of the passage for today, in verse 15, it says, I know your works. You are neither hot nor cold. I wish that you were either hot or cold. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. Now this section of scripture is mentioned in some song lyrics and it's often used to talk about being wishy-washy or half-hearted in the things that we do, especially the things that we do in our lives as Christians. Now there are some really cool things about this passage given the place that Laodicea is located and the fact that John was writing to them and knew where they were. So they would have a first century pipeline system, which is not like our modern day pipeline system. They would often have little... Um, pipes or open air pipes running down the sides of streets that they would uh, get their water from. And the water would come from the mountain or it would come from a nearby body of water. And so they would get cold water from one of the places and hot water from another place. But naturally by the time the water moves to the city, it is no longer hot or cold, it's lukewarm. And nobody likes lukewarm beverages. Nobody wants to drink lukewarm water. 
Imagine going to a coffee shop and buying a nice hot cup of coffee, but when you get it, it's just room temperature. I don't want to drink that. Probably nobody else wants to drink that either. Or on the other side, if you want to get an iced coffee and the ice is all melted and it's gross and watered down and it's not at all cold, that's not very appetizing either. As far as I know, nobody likes to drink lukewarm coffee, or if you're me, you don't even like to drink coffee at all, but I also don't really like a lukewarm chai latte. So back to Laodicea. They would have an understanding of the analogy of this lukewarm water. They don't want the lukewarm water. They can't clean their dishes because it's not hot. They don't want to drink lukewarm water because it's not cold. So no one wanted lukewarm water, just like no one wants lukewarm coffee. So in this analogy in the passage, John is telling the people of Laodicea he doesn't want them to be lukewarm. Lukewarm is bad. He wants them to either be hot or cold. And if we look into this analogy a bit more, It is telling the church in Laodicea they need to stop being wishy-washy or half-hearted. They need to be one extreme or the other. And when I was in Turkey, this really stood out to me, especially because the house church stands very close to the temple of the imperial cult. So naturally, they were in great opposition to most other people in the city. In their beliefs, it would be easy for them to get lax and to not really truly live out their beliefs because they're surrounded by people who probably don't believe the same things they do. They were half-hearted in what they were doing, and they weren't fully living out their beliefs. And in our lives as Christians, we need to make sure we're also not half-hearted in living out our beliefs. If we believe something, we have to actually work to live it out. For example, I'm someone who really believes we are to take care of the earth that God gave us. It's one of our duties as believers to continue to sustain the earth we have been gifted. Because of that belief, I try to live a bit of a more sustainable life. I try to reduce my water usage, I try to eat a lot of fresh fruits and vegetables, and I buy most of my clothes at thrift stores so I am reusing things and I'm not falling into a lot of fast fashion. But I still fall short in some ways. I use a lot of one-use plastics and I don't recycle them because the recycling rules in all the counties are different and you can make an entire bin of recyclables unrecyclable if you put something wrong in there and it just really confuses me. And I also drive my car a lot of places that I could walk to. And another example, I believe that we're supposed to love each other and care for others. And I do that in my job this summer, and I do that when I'm at school. I make an effort to support my friends as best I can, yet I still get mad at the person who tailgates me on 283 when I'm trying to drive home from school, and I get really annoyed at the person who cuts me off when I'm driving through Harrisburg. So the point is, we all have beliefs that we work to live out. But it's hard to live them out fully. We all fall short. We're all half-hearted in our beliefs from time to time. But that doesn't mean we can't work on them to become someone who lives out our beliefs more fully. So now this is the interactive part of the sermon. I'm going to give you a moment to talk with those around you about some belief you have and how you live it out and how you can work to live it out a bit more. So I'll give you a couple moments to just chat with those around you to get the thoughts flowing. (laughs) Go.
All right, so finish your last thoughts, and then Adam is going to run a microphone around if you want to share something. It doesn't have to be super deep and theological. It can be as simple as, like, mine of I get annoyed when people tailgate me. Um, it doesn't have to be super deep or theological, but you can raise your hand, and Adam will come bring the mic to you. I'm also not afraid of silence. I teach kids. <laughs> I'll go first. Uh, one of my beliefs is not to be narcissistic, particularly in a culture that is narcissistic. So trying to step out of myself, consider other people, their opinions, trying to understand them, and trying not to make life always about me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a good one. I do believe in the rule of law, but I have been known to speed. For me, there's so many times a, a person's name will come to mind, and it might be a friend I haven't seen in a while, or, and, and it'll be like, oh, I should call them, I should send them a letter or, or an email, but we get so caught up in our day-to-day -day duties and tasks that next thing I know, it's, it's two weeks, and oh, I, I still haven't called him, I really should check in to see how he's doing, so just being more intentional in my relationships with others. Yeah. Okay, for many of you who know me, I'm a bookkeeper. So during the Sunday school hour, when they were talking about the lesson that we were having, we had with Islam and Muslims, and they were talking about their two and a half percent, I was like, wait a minute, I could save some money. <laughs> but anyway, <laughs> that was a fleeting moment. Um, the gist of, of why I, I bring this up is the fact that one of the phrases in the Bible says give un, that Jesus had shared was give unto Caesar what is Caesar's, which is basically pay your income taxes. So as a Christian, my moral obligation, obviously, besides my contributions to the church, my tithing and my, my above and beyond or whatever, um, would be also be to making sure that my tax return is true and correct and honest so that my taxes, whether I owe or I get a refund, are also true and correct. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Is there anyone else that wants to share? I don't want to make everybody not have the chance. I think we have one over here, Adam. Yeah, one belief I have is that you can do anything you want to, really, like if you set your mind to it. Um, stemming from the Van Gogh quote, um, if a voice inside your head tells you you cannot paint, merely paint and that voice will be silenced. Awesome. Any last minute? I don't want to give anyone not the chance to share. <laughs> All right. Well, even if you didn't share, I heard a lot of um, talking happening, so it seems like you all at least have something you could think of. And there are many times that we can relate to the church in Laodicea where uh, we have this belief, but we don't live it out fully. It's a little difficult to live it out fully. We are half-hearted in our beliefs and our actions. 
And this doesn't mean we can just give up and disregard all of our beliefs. There is a clear call for us to ask for help, specifically to ask God. We do, in fact, need to ask for help. The help isn't just going to come and tap us on the shoulder and tell us that we need to do more. We need to seek out the help. This is our call to listen to what God is telling us, to fully live out our beliefs. The church in Laodicea gets the reminder to listen to the Spirit and what the Spirit is saying. This can be a reminder to us as well, that we need to listen to how we are to live out our lives and our beliefs. In verse 20, it says, Listen, I am standing at the door knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you, and you with me. So a little over a year ago when I was in Turkey, I was feeling a little spiritually low, and I wasn't quite sure what I was doing, where I was headed in life, and what I believed. And many things had changed my life right before I left, and I was super excited to just like leave the country and to leave all of my problems back in the U.S. and to come be in Turkey and relax and enjoy the trip. But I did need to take time to stop and listen, to allow God in to tell me what he needed to tell me. And in verse 22, it says, Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. We need times to pause and listen, to open the door, to allow God into our lives, to tell us what he needs to tell us. So while I was able to sit back and enjoy the trip, I also learned a lot and was given a lot of time to reflect and listen to what God was telling me. The Church of Laodicea still holds a portion of my everyday thoughts, and it serves as a reminder to not live my life half-heartedly as a Christian. And it reminds me that all I need to do is open the door and let God into my life, and that he'll help me out, and he'll tell me what I need to do to fully live out my life. And it also reminds me I'm not the first person to have these struggles. The, one of the churches in the first century were having these problems. We're going to have these problems too. It is not a new thing. So this passage sticks with me a lot. Even though a week ago I was sort of annoyed at myself for picking a bit of a challenging passage, I was still reminded of all of these things throughout the week. And I hope that this passage starts to be a consistent reminder for you. You're not the first person to struggle to fully live out your beliefs. You're not the first person to sometimes just half-heartedly be living out your beliefs. You can always go to God when you need help. All you have to do is answer the knock on the door and let him in. And you don't have to just settle at living a half-hearted life as a Christian. So I pray that this passage sticks with you for the next few days, at least, and into the following weeks, reminding you that you can go to God, a God who loves you and wants to help you when you ask, and that you're not the only person to struggle with living out your beliefs. So now to end this time, I want to take a moment to go to the next slide, and uh, we have the picture of um, the church in Laodicea, and uh, I thought it'd be good to all of you to just take it in for a minute, close your eyes, and then I'm going to read the letter to the church again. Um, I want you to just pause and slow your breathing and focus on the passage I'm about to read. Use your ears to listen to what the Spirit is saying to you, to listen to remember to not live a half-hearted life, to listen to how God is just on the other side of the door. So I invite you to take a look at the picture, lock it in your mind, and close your eyes as I read the passage again. And to the angel of the church in Laodicea, the words of the Amen, the faithful and true witness, the origin of God's creation. I know your works. You are neither cold nor hot. I wish that you were either cold or hot. So because you are lukewarm and neither cold nor hot, I am about to spit you out of my mouth. For you say, I am rich, I have prospered, and I need nothing. You do not realize that you are wretched, pitiable, poor, blind, and naked. 
Therefore, I advise you to buy from me gold refined by fire, so that you may be rich, and white clothes, right robes to clothe yourself, and to keep the shame of your nakedness from being seen, and to salve to anoint your eyes, so that you may see. I reprove and discipline those whom I love. Be earnest, therefore, and repent. Listen, I am standing at the door, knocking. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and eat with you, and you with me. To the one who conquers, I will give a place with me on my throne, just as I myself conquered and sat down with my father on his throne. Let anyone who has an ear listen to what the Spirit is saying to the churches. So why don't you just take a moment and pause and reflect individually on what has stuck out to you, what you need to be reminded of, and how you can work to live a more full Christian life. So I haven't connected all of the dots for you today, and I haven't given you a step-by-step approach to not being lukewarm and half-hearted in your beliefs. I don't have all the answers, and I don't know anyone that does have all the answers. But part of my job up here today is to give you something to think about, to take into next week with you, something that you take into the rest of your life, that you're constantly working at, that you're digging deeper into. And I will most definitely be taking things I have said today with me next week and continue thinking about them, even though I have spent a good bit of time prior to today studying this passage. I will still take things from today into the next couple days. So now for my final thoughts. The church in Laodicea is almost always on my mind, and it is still the church I would most want to pastor, even after studying it. First, I would want to pastor it because the views from the city were really amazing. The mountains are close by, the city's really flat, it's not humid, it's just hot there. It's a really great location. But I would also want to pastor this church because they have the beliefs. They have the ideas. They just need help living them out. And I am all about learning alongside those that I would lead. I love to learn how to better live out my beliefs alongside a church who already has the passion that knows that they're the minority in the city and still wants to live out their beliefs more, even though they're in such close opposition with everyone else. And since they need the constant reminder to rely on God, to open the door and listen to what God has to say, I think we'd get along pretty well. I need that reminder too. So throughout this next week, I want you to work to become either hot or cold with living out your beliefs. And remember to rely on God, opening the door and listening to what he has to say and relying on the community of people around you, those here, those at your homes, those in your neighborhoods, and anyone else who you live in community with so that you can work together to more fully live out your beliefs. Do you pray with me? God, I thank you for these people here and uh, their willingness to allow me to come and share some of my thoughts today. And I pray that you would be with them this next week um, as they work to live out their beliefs and they work to become less lukewarm and more hot or cold. And I pray that they would have the reminder to open the door, to let you in, to answer the knock that you are offering to them. Pray all this in your name. Amen.